Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's Monday, June 13th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Here are the top local stories today. The drive toward Ocean City can be a nightmare, especially in the summer months, but there's a concerted effort underway to make that trip smoother. We talked to Charlie Gishler with the Maryland State Highway Administration about why this project is so needed. The infrastructure itself was built back in the 70s, so we're getting near, you know, near 50 years old. And a local guy makes history at the Tonys by becoming the youngest person to win Best Lead Actor in a Musical, playing the iconic Michael Jackson. WTOP's entertainment editor Jason Fraley talked to Miles Frost about his meteoric rise. He said, I need to really put this into hyper gear here because I want her to be able to see me under the lights, under the, you know, the Broadway lights before she passes away. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. It's really one of the best parts of our region that just a few hours time, you can be at the beach. But as we all know, getting there requires a strategy to plan around the inevitable weekend traffic. Today, Governor Larry Hogan announced a $15 million project to advance the state's long-term Reach the Beach plan with the goal of relieving congestion along Maryland Route 90. Joining us to talk about it is Charlie Geschler with the Maryland State Highway Administration. And Charlie, we all know that drive can either be a breeze or a bear. What about this project is going to make it easier um, to get to the beach and where will it focus? Okay, so there's the, the stretch of Maryland 90 Ocean City Expressway from U.S. 50 uh, all the way to uh, Coastal Highway, Maryland 528. That entire stretch is going to be studied. It's in the study process right now, project planning. Um, last year, the governor announced some funding to, to propel it into um, project planning. And uh, this $15 million will enable us to finish the project planning phase and move it into the critical design phase. Uh, which is one step closer to having shovels in the ground. Now, this is important because there are two ways to get basically into Ocean City for folks here on the western side of the uh, Bay Bridge. And that's either U.S. 50 Ocean Gateway to downtown Ocean City or Maryland 90 to reach the northern sections of Ocean City. So that's been growing, of course, over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the infrastructure itself was built back in the 70s. So we're getting near, you know, near 50 years old. Um, so this this funding is going to be critical to help us move it into that next phase and get us again a step closer to shovels to the ground with some with one of the alternatives that the project planning will point out. Now, this is critical because uh, besides congestion relief, which obviously is important to hundreds of thousands of people who travel to the beach on any summer weekend. Um, it's also very important for first responders to be able to get to somewhere they need to be. Mm-hmm. Every second is critical. So that's one consideration. The other is that U.S. 50 is the primary hurricane evacuation boot. Maryland 90 is the other one oh. uh, for both South North. So it's key infrastructure funding and it's much needed. And so when you talk about a study, what are you really looking at? Are you looking at traffic volume? And what the study provides you, does it mean, you know, more lanes, wider roads? What's the real study and what is it going to give? About 33,000 motorists 
use this section daily uh, between US 50 and the Isle of Wight right there. Uh, this is the project planning is going to identify potential areas for improvement. Um, that could be anything. And, and, and you know, it's going to have to also focus on the bridges there as well. Those bridges are getting older and they're key to the success of any kind of project. So project planning will help us get through the federal studies and things of that nature to make sure we're not impacting anything of cultural significance. We will also uh, do the project planning to make sure we identify some of the alternatives um, and then also figure out kind of the best way to move travelers from point A to B in a safe and efficient manner. Uh, the highway design phase is where the civil engineering really takes place. We own that design, figure out if we need any real estate or right away to make these projects happen. Uh, it could involve areas of spot widening. It could involve any number of things. That's what we're going to get from project planning, some alternatives when that is completed that will enable our highway designers then to take that to the next level. I know Governor Hogan last year made this really grand announcement about we're going to make, you know, getting to and from the beach easier. And if you live there, by the way, make it so you can get around when all of us descend upon the beach in the summer. Um, Is the idea to continue to expand this project? I know we have the Bay Bridge study as well that Luke and I will talk about later. But is this sort of like the latest in the plan? Is the plan going to continue as far as you know? Well, right now we're putting all of our focus on Maryland 90. But keep in mind, the governor widened Maryland 404 between U.S. 50 and the town of Denton in just about 18 months a number of years ago. He also finished widening U.S. 113 through the entire state of Maryland from Delaware to Virginia. So it's any number of these major projects that are helping to ease the commute for folks, especially the summer commuters, but also the people who rely on these roadways for their livelihood and their residential ingress and egress Mm -hmm. and uh, the first responders. So these are all keys in an overall successful transportation project. And the Delmarva Peninsula, you know, includes Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia. So is Maryland working with Delaware or Virginia, you know, transportation authorities here at all? Well, part of our planning, we do, you know, when we start to get into an egress into another jurisdiction, it's not uncommon for us to absolutely collaborate with some of the other DOTs in the area, uh, especially with, let's say, like a Maryland 404 or US 113, where we're actually, you know, increasing capacity and uh, efficiency of the roadway into other states. So our project planning phase does keep all of our stakeholders and all of our partners in other states in the loop. And where is the money you know, coming from here? Is, is there any federal funds? Is this money from the infrastructure you know, deal that passed this last year? Where is this money coming from? I do believe that this $15 million is coming from the, uh, the, the Infrastructure Act. So that, that enables us to get it into the next phase. So that's very, very important. Charlie Gishler with the Maryland State Highway Administration, helping us understand how it might be a little bit easier to get north of Ocean City in the next few years. Charlie, thanks for your time. You got it. Have a great day. And this Maryland Route 90 project comes just a few days after we learned Maryland is considering building a new span across the Chesapeake Bay. WTOP web editor Will Vitka is here to share some of the basics of this $28 million plan. So, Will, clearly it's not like this new bridge is going to be in play this summer. But when did the governor suggest we might have a new span across the bay? So the earliest that we, we've heard that they would even break ground is four years from now. Ah, oh, bummer. I mean, so, it's good because something's coming, <laughs> but, you know. As much as the bridge is terrible, expect it to stay terrible for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay, and but we don't even know what it's going to be, right? Like, I mean, we know it's a new span, but we, that's kind of all we know. It's very vague. 
Well, it's going to be a new crossing. They didn't say it's a new span. It's a new crossing. That could oh. be a tunnel. It could be a partial tunnel, or it could be a full-on span. Huh. There are multiple ways to get under, over, or through a river. Yes. And the state is now in tier two phase of the Chesapeake Bay crossing study. So obviously an environmental impact has to be assessed before you know, we'll see any kind of building start. So what else are they considering? So like you said, they're going to be looking at the impact on the environment. Of course, they have to. It's federally mandated that they do that. And they're also going to look at the number of lanes that it could have. Who knows if we're going to see something that can carry a train across the center oh. like they do in New York, the newest bridge that they built there over the Hudson. Wow. Could be fun. Could be a good way to get folks where they need to be without totally messing up the neighborhood. Right. And this corridor is not small. I mean, we're talking about 22 miles of road from basically the Severn River Bridge all the way to where US 50 and 301 split. So we're talking about not only beach traffic, but local traffic, too. Yeah. And as Anne Arundel County Council member Amanda Fiedler pointed out, when things go wrong on the bridge, it doesn't just impact the drivers. It basically turns the neighborhood upside down and makes life really miserable for everybody there. This gives us hope. It's all about getting the traffic moving again. So we'll see how this thing progresses. Will Vitka, thank you for being here. We appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. And after the break, a Montgomery County native will always remember the time he beat it and won a Tony. Next, we hear from the Wooten High School grad himself on how he found fame. If you want to save money and grow profits on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project, go with the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. You can trust the experience of its workforce, members who have expertise in heating, air conditioning, refrigeration, and process piping to deliver work that's on time and on budget. For a partner you can trust who's mutually focused on your bottom line and to schedule, contact Steamfitters Local 602 at steamfitters-602.org. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602. Changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like the podcast, head to our show page, give us a rating, and leave a review. We read all of them and use the suggestions to improve this show that we're so proud of. It also helps other listeners find this, our region's only local daily news podcast. Thanks for making us a part of your day. A Maryland native made Tony history last night. Miles Frost became the youngest person to win Best Lead Actor in a Musical for his role as Michael Jackson on Broadway's MJ the Musical. And Frost has deep D.C. and Maryland roots from attending Wooten High School and Bowie State University. And just a few weeks ago, WTOP's Jason Fairley talked to Frost about how he made it to now play, you know, the king of pop on Broadway's biggest stage. Jason, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we talked right. At, I think it was like the week right after he'd gotten yeah, nominated. So, so cool. it's we've all been pulling for him. And it's so cool that he won last and night. And he made it. And so, you know, you sat down with him virtually, of course. And you talked to a lot of actors, dancers, singers, producers, artists, really. So just to start, what really stood out most about Frost when you talked to him? It stood out to me that, you know, being like you mentioned, that he's like making history as, you know, the, the youngest to win in that category and everything. Uh, just how poised. And kind of soft-spoken, but it might just be sort of the, you know, the Michael Jackson, you know, trying to play the role. It's He's probably playing it every night on Broadway, so that kind of, you know, yeah. thing kind of comes across. Um, but very just poised and very charming and very knowledgeable of, you know, dance history and you know, all the different dancers that might have inspired Michael Jackson. He was very knowledgeable and, and a, a delight to talk to. Did he talk about it all, like how he made it to Broadway? Obviously, that's a lot of people's dream and not an easy one to to accomplish. It's quite a rise. How did he do it? 
So he was born in Silver Spring at Holy Cross, raised in Fort Washington, Maryland by his mom. And he, you know, would regularly visit his grandma in Southeast D.C. too. So he's all over the D.C. area. Yeah. And he said he actually started dancing on a Potomac River cruise. You know, the spirit of Washington. He remembers at a young age dancing what he thinks was Michael Jackson. <laughs> I saw an open floor on the dance floor and I said, you know, why not? So I went and danced on it. Next thing you know, I look up and there's people surrounding me throwing money and you know, that's probably, I think, my earliest memory of me, you know, dancing. So, yeah, he said he was just dancing on the cruise, which is so cool. But he, but the big life-changing thing came when he he moved and went to um to Wooten High School in Rockville. And he said it was a culture shock. He said, you know, there weren't a lot of people that looked like him, other people of color at that, you know, majority white school. So he said his freshman year, a teacher found him in the band room, you know, playing piano, you know, Alicia Keys or Stevie Wonder or something, and came up and, and ultimately cast him as seaweed in Hairspray. You know, I'm watching the movie and I'm like, okay, this is cool. You know, I see this nice vibe, beautiful story. Then I see this guy go, well, I can't see. And I was like, I want to be him. Seaweed was the, what it, I felt like he embodied the type of performer I wanted to be. After that, he he missed uh, he missed his sophomore year due to bad grades. His mom was being a good mom, saying you can't act until you get your grades up. <laughs> right. uh, junior, he bounced back. Junior, he did Legally Blonde. Senior year, Cinderella. But the really cool thing, uh, you two, is that he did a high school talent show and he danced to Billie Jean with the hat, the glove, the moonwalking, everything. And his mom was in the back holding up the iPad, filming the whole thing. Mm. And little did he know that when he was in college, his teacher at Bowie State University, his acting teacher, Lee. Thompson uh, saw that video that his mom took. He saw it on YouTube and said, hey, they're holding auditions for understudies in this UK production of Michael Jackson, the musical. Do you want to audition? So because of that talent show at Wooten, because of his mom with the iPad, he finally finds out about this audition and the people in, in the production said, uh, we don't want you as an understudy. We want you to try out in New York for, for the real deal. Wow. wow. That's unreal. Yeah. That's such yeah. a cool story. And it takes mm-hmm. so much work, you know, to get to Broadway as far as, you know, practicing, dancing, singing, all of it. So what was his motivation? What really, you know, got him there? He said his grandma was a, a huge inspiration to his life. Uh, she was always supportive of all of his, you know, acting and singing and dancing all throughout his childhood. And he said that that was he made that like his number one goal in his life. He said, I need to really put this into hyper gear here because I want her to be able to see me under the lights, under the, you know, the Broadway lights before she passes away. Um, and he actually did it. So she's still with us. Uh, she turned 89 last month in May. So she uh, at the time we talked, she his grandma had seen the show twice um so he 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 was like i felt like i had to rush to get my 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 big break for my biggest fan which was my grandma and he always you know he shouted out to his mom too at the tony's in his speech he said you know i she she showed me what it is to be a strong black woman raising a a strong black man and you know i hope i hope i made you proud in fact he opened his speech by saying ma i did it um and uh but yeah I, i think a lot of the driving force was you know to make it at such a young age was because of grandma that's such a cool. I mean, this this whole story is amazing. I mean, yeah. those are we're not talking about a small role either. I mean, these are huge shoes to fill. You mentioned he obviously had the moonwalk down, but um, what about him playing MJ? Uh, I don't know. Is, is, have you seen it? I guess I'll start with that. 
so I've seen clips of him doing it. And of course he performed um, a number. He did smooth criminal last night during the Tonys. And it was, and, you know, so you got to see the moonwalk. He has the, the steps down, even when he was walking up to the stage to accept his award, he was kind of doing the, the throwing his hand to the side, snapping his hand, like, like, <laughs> like Michael would do, but no, I have not seen the production in its entirety. A COVID B it's in New York. You know, right. a lot of these shows, a lot of these shows take a few months to, to come down to, to DC. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get it eventually down here. Like an as part of like a national tour, probably Kennedy Center, National Theater, something like that. Right. But I do know that the show is set two days before Michael Jackson's Dangerous tour, like in the early 90s. So um, and then there's there's like flashbacks, kind of there's there's you see different versions of Michael at different ages played by different actors. But Miles is sort of what we would call the present day in, you know, during the Dangerous tour during, mm-hmm. you know, set during that during that time. Um, and then there's younger, younger versions playing, you know, Jackson five, Michael, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it sounds really cool. I can't wait to watch it. I know Michael Jackson, you know, he's had his there's had his controversies. There's the documentary that was made, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, who knows proven innocent in court a couple times but there's so much smoke all that stuff it was something we considered ultimately i it is an icon of music and i chose to focus on you know hometown hero local kid makes good performing this famous music and not get into all the other stuff yeah no it's a really cool story and hopefully we can continue to follow his success wtop's entertainment editor jason fraley telling us about his interview with miles frost thank you so much Thank you. Congrats, Miles. You, you did it. <laughs> you did it. So, Luke, before we go, I don't want you to be caught off guard by a giant moon that's coming your way. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Tell me more. <laughs> it's called... <laughs> I think you genuinely are, though. No, I'm, I'm psyched. Um, it's called the Strawberry Moon, apparently. So, it's a super moon. It's a, it's a super moon that's coming. It's going to illuminate the skies of North America mm. tomorrow night, so Tuesday evening. So, the super moon got its name from the Algonquin Native American tribe because apparently it takes place during what was their strawberry harvest season. Mm, so okay. it's not pink, unfortunately. So there's no red hue, but it's linked to this historical event. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the time of the of the season. And apparently the craters and the mountains of the lunar surface are going to be much more visible just because it'll be so bright. I love it. The face of the moon always shocks me because it's the face that humanity has always seen. Because there's a dark side of the moon, there's a side of the moon that faces us. Yeah. So, like, throughout history, the people that are humans have always looked up and, like, just wondered about it. Yeah. It's just a fantastic It's been the same show since the dawn of time. Yes, yes. But the next super moon after this one is July 13th, if you do miss this one. There's a few more on the way. We've got a couple more to go. Check out the strawberry moon. Make plans. Make plans. All right. That'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. We, of course, are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. You can also follow us on social media where we post content every day. You can find out more about this show and become one of our VIP listeners at dmvdownload.com. If it's possible you don't know where to hear WTOP, here you go. You can listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online on our website, wtop.com, and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night.